All right, so welcome to this week's energy show. This week, we're going to answer the question, how many solar panels do I need? It's a question we get all the time, and it leads into the next question of how much is this thing going to cost? So in order to figure out how much it's going to cost, you've got to know how many solar panels you need. Now, the number of panels you need is really based on two factors. And, and, and this is just something that, you know, there's an upper end and a lower end. First, on the size of your electric bill, and second, on the available roof space. Now, Obviously, the reason why the size of the electric bill is important is you don't want to put in a system that's too large because then you're going to get a negative bill and you're not going to get reimbursed from your utility in most cases. So, for example, I have too big a system at my house. My mother-in-law lives there. In 2015, our bill was negative 143. In 2016, the bill was negative 41. Now, unfortunately, the utility doesn't reimburse me for that negative bill. So they didn't even say thank you. They just kind of cleared out and zeroed out at the end of the year. So I want my mother to use more electricity. But my advice for you is make sure you don't put in a system that's too big. So it's basically a waste of money to put in too many panels. I mean, you're basically going to be generating free electricity for your utility. Now, in Silicon Valley, with Silicon Valley Clean Energy, and, and this is also going to apply in San Francisco and eventually in San Jose, the new Community Choice Aggregation Programs will actually reimburse you for energy that you've overgenerated at the end of the year. So you're going to have to check with your actual energy provider. But I know that, you know, in, in Santa Clara County, now, if you generate more than you use, if you have a negative bill, you're going to get a credit, which is really, really, they can write you a check. That's really terrific. Okay, so the first, how many panels you should put in? Try and get your bill to zero, maybe a little bit, you know, positive, but don't go negative because it's a waste of money. All right, second, how much space is available on your roof for solar panels? And we're talking about sunny space, not just, you know, cramming panels every single place where, you know, one panel will fit on your roof. It sounds obvious, but you don't want to put solar panels in bad locations. Bad is shady locations, or bad are locations where it's going to be expensive to put a few panels in. So the most important issue is to understand what kind of shading and exposure you have. Now, you get shading from trees, from chimneys, you know, a tiny bit of shading from like a utility pole or a wire isn't going to make that much of a difference. But if you do have a little bit of shading, then electronics on the back of the panels, either optimizers or microinverters, can help mitigate that if you have some partial shading. And basically what this these electronics do is if there's a little bit of shading on a panel, let's say the panel is half shaded and the output for that panel goes down, it doesn't affect the output of all the other panels that still may be in the sun. So that works if there's a little bit of partial shading, but if the whole roof is heavily shaded, it's just a bad place to put the solar. And lately, over the past few years, I've seen a lot of very shaded installations. Basically what happened is the salespeople for the installation companies get compensated on a per panel or a per watt basis. They pack as many panels in as possible, and, the, and they put sometimes they put these panels in areas that are very heavily shaded, like right around the corner from me. There's my neighbor's house, and you know, I kind of feel sorry for them because they got taken. They have solar panels on the west roof, which is generally a good thing to do. But right in front of that west roof is a, mag a big magnolia tree that shades that west roof all the time when, when that roof should be getting a lot of sun. Now, in the morning, when the sun's in the east, there's a little bit of sunlight on that, but it's at a very sharp angle. So you're really not getting very much energy. And that customers are going to be unhappy after the first few years. They're going to say, gee, I thought I was going to get a lot more energy out because I have a big system. But the panels are just in the wrong place. Now, one of the things that's happened as the cost of the panels has come down is it starts making sense to put panels on north roof faces or northeast or northwest. 
So it used to be we didn't put them over there because the, the value wasn't as high. But now that the installations have come down so much, it actually is worth putting panels on some of those north roofs, especially if the roof slope isn't too high. The other thing you can do is you can do a reverse tilt on the north roof. So you have panels on the north, they're tilted up facing south, and that works really, really well. So the first question is, could you, you should be able to get an accurate engineering answer on the number of panels you need based on simple math that your installers do. So all diligent installers should give you about the same information. They all use basically the same software. Now, the, the panels might be different in terms of their efficiency, but the number of kilowatts you need should all be about the same. And also, the number of panels that will easily fit on your roof should be basically okay. You, know, you just got to watch out for the installers that are going to try and pack the roof with panels and put one here, two there, and you know, some in the shade. So watch out for that. But just focus on getting them in the sunny location. And if it's partially shaded, really have a good discussion with your installer to understand how those shading is going to affect the output. So th- those are the two factors. What you need, how the number of panels you need, is based on your electric bill. Very, very simple. So let's look at an annual build. Bills are measured in kilowatt hours. Typical U.S. house uses about 1,000 kilowatt hours a month. It varies during the year. More energy in the summer for air conditioning, but in cold areas, sometimes you need more electricity because you're running your heating system a lot. So in San Jose, for example, to cover that annual bill of about 12,000 kilowatt hours, you're going to need about 31 panels that are 270-watt panels. So these are the relatively inexpensive best output for the price panels, and that's going to zero out your bill. It's going to generate 12,100 kilowatt hours a year. You need 12,000. That's pretty darn close. So all installers should give you about the same answer if they're being objective about the assumptions. But let's say you're based in, on the East Coast, New Jersey, for example. Well, there's a little bit less sun in New Jersey. You've got more, you have more weather issues. Right now, they've got a blizzard issue. In New Jersey, you're going to need 40 panels to generate that 12,000 kilowatt hours a year. So it varies. You know, heck, if you go to some like Phoenix, Arizona, you might need even fewer. And if you go way north in Maine, you're going to need even more than in New Jersey. And the difference is really the amount of sun you get during the year. Now, in order to do these calculations, there's some important assumptions that your installer is going to have to make. And this this is where experience and honesty and objectivity really helps. The installer is going to have to determine the average amount of shading that you have. So here at Cinnamon Solar, we always assume a few percent of shading just because you just never know what happens. I mean, it's unusual to have a perfectly unshaded south-facing roof. But if you have a lot of obstructions, then the installer can do a shading calculation. It's a little bit more work, but that helps. Now, next assumption is something called soiling. The panels get a little bit dirty. We always assume that the panels are slightly dirty, and our estimates assume that the system is going to lose. 5% a year on the average because it's just not optimal. They're a little dirty. And it's not realistic to have somebody clean the panels every month. It's just too too much of a pain in the neck. If it rains a lot, the panels are going to be cleaner. If you're in a dusty area, and, you know, here in San Jose, it doesn't rain during the spring, summer, and fall that much. So the systems are a little bit dirtier. You know, sometimes people clean them, but, you know, that's just something to take into account. So you're going to lose a little bit from soiling. The next factor that this has to be taken into account is the tilt of the roof. So if the optimal tilt of a roof is about 10 degrees less than the latitude for annual energy collection. So here in San Jose, 37 degrees north latitude, 27 degrees is the optimal tilt angle. Most roofs in the San Jose area are about 14 to 18 degrees. So a little bit less than the optimal 27, but not really that much. On the East Coast, 
roofs are a little bit steeper because they have snow loads. And in that case, you're a little bit closer to that 30-degree optimal tilt. Don't sweat the tilt angle too much. It doesn't ever make sense to slightly tilt the panels up or down to get closer to that 30% because the extra structure and debris that can collect and wind load for that tilt is usually not worth it unless you're doing a, a north roof installation. All right. Next, orientation of the roof. South is best for energy collection during the year. North is, is the least good, but as I mentioned, you can still collect some, some energy on the north roof, especially if you have a relatively low slope. So if you have panels on the west or the east roof, it's those are also pretty good. Obviously, east is going to collect energy in the morning. West is going to collect energy in the afternoon. And one of the interesting things is if you have a time of use rate, and electricity is more valuable in the afternoon, you want to put panels on the west side. And that's basically the way it is in, in a lot of California. Now, the actual installation is always going to be a little bit different. So the, the installer's got some software and it's going to make some diagrams and assumptions and look at the satellite layout and figure out where everything's going to go. A lot of times when, when the, the installers actually get to the roof, they have to make a few little changes. Not a big deal, but that, that's usually pretty straightforward. So the best thing to do is find an installer that you trust. I recommend not going to one of those websites that says fill in the blanks, fill in your zip code and your energy provider and your annual energy bill, and they're going to tell you how much you save because they're always way optimistic. They're always going to give you a really high number. They're always going to underestimate the cost of the system. And then the worst thing is as soon as you submit your email and your phone number, you're going to get deluged with phone calls from call centers that are operated by installers and other companies that are going to hard sell you on solar. So the best thing to do is call a local installer, call two or three local installers, call companies you trust, find referrals, and then have the local guy come over and talk to the salesperson and see what they recommend. And that way you're going to get something that's, that's really going to be more personalized and more experiential. Okay, now we know how many panels you need to zero out your electric bill. You or your installers done that calculation of, of your annual electric bill, figured out roughly how many kilowatts you need on, on your roof, and then you can kind of divide that into the size of the panels that they're going to install. Now, let's see what actually fits on your roof. Because in some cases, you have a bigger bill than you can actually eliminate with solar because you may not have a really big roof. I mean, two-story house might not have a really big roof. You might have a swimming pool, a lot of air conditioning. You're going to have a big electric bill. You might not be able to zero out that bill. But let's, So let's see what fits on the roof. Now, in the past, I used to have you know, teams of all of my salespeople, and hundreds of salespeople, they would, they would have to bring a ladder to the job, climb on the roof with some graph paper and, and notepad, and actually make a diagram of the roof, measure the roof with a tape measure to really figure out what would fit. And then... Once the contract was signed, then we would send a, a pre-installation crew out to actually measure again to make sure it was done perfectly because sometimes the salespeople weren't you know, really that capable of being on the roof. Now, we use satellite images and special software to much more easily figure out what's going to fit. We could just look from the satellite and then tile these rectangles on that represent the size of the panels and really see what fits. And, and with these satellite photos, we can see where the vent pipes are and obstructions are, and that works out better. You know, what's surprising to me is the measurement accuracy when we use these satellite tools is on the average better than when we had our salespeople up there with a tape measure. It's more consistent and certainly much safer, and as a result, it's cheaper. So we've been able to kind of reduce, the whole industry has been able to reduce the cost by doing some of these remote measuring and remote design tools. Now, the other thing is using electronics on the back of the panels, optimizers or microinverters, 
gives us more design flexibility. So we used to have to group the panels together. They all had to be you know, either on the east side or the west side, or if we wanted to put them on the east and the west, we would need two different inverters. Now, with optimizers and microinverters, we can put the panels pretty much anywhere where they fit and where they have good exposure. So we have more design flexibility. And the other good thing is, with the design tools, we can easily move panels around on the roof on a computer simulation while we're sitting at the kitchen table. So you know, a lot of times we sit down with a laptop and, and we're there with our homeowner customer and we, they say, well, you know, I really would like to put more panels on the side of the house or I want a nice rectangle on the front of the house so it looks like a, a skylight and then put the extra panels somewhere else. We can just move them around and then the software is going to pretty quickly simulate what the output's going to be. All right, let's come back to the example we talked about before. At San Jose, you need 31 panels to wipe out that electric bill. That would be one row of 15 panels and another row of 16 panels. Yeah, maybe you're going to put in 32 panels so you get two equal, 30, two equal rows of 16, or maybe you're just going to put in 30 panels and you get two rows of 15. Now, the panels are all pretty much standard. They're 65 inches high and 40 inches wide. So I like to kind of put them all in a contiguous array. But sometimes people don't have enough room, so maybe you're going to put... 15 on the east side of the roof and 16 on the south side or something like that. So it's all something that the installer can work out. This is kind of what they specialize in doing, in figuring out what fits on the roof and what fits with your aesthetics and what fits with the obstructions you have and kind of do it in the right way. Now, one of the things that you should check is be sensitive about what I call orphan panels. You know, let's say you want to cram in two more panels. You put one over on this section over here and one on a gable of a roof. Well, just remember that each rectangular panel is generally going to need four roof attachments. So if you're going to put in one panel, you're going to have to have four roof attachments and you're going to have to have separate wiring go to that panel. So generally what happens is these separate panels are a little bit more expensive it's going to raise the price, extra wiring, extra roof penetrations, extra expenses. So generally, you want contiguous areas of panels. I hate to put in one panel. What installers also can do, and it's, it's pretty easy, is to mix panels that go in a portrait orientation. Portrait is kind of the, the panels are higher than they are wide. And sometimes you put them in landscape. Sometimes you can put them in both. So you might have a row of portrait panels. And in order to fit in with the setback requirements that the fire departments require, you might have a row of landscape panels above that. These are the things that the expert installers are really good at doing. All right. Now, let's say you have, just back to this example, a two-story house. You don't have a really huge roof, but you have a swimming pool. You have a lot of air conditioning. You use a really big electric bill. Well, what do you do? Well, in this case... You could, instead of using 270-watt panels, 31 270-watt panels, maybe you could use 28 panels that have a higher output, 300-watt panels. Now, the 300-watt panels are more efficient. Higher efficiency is more expensive, but it's going to generate more electricity in your available space. So that's where panel efficiency really comes in. When you have a space-constrained roof, it's worth the extra, more expensive panels if you really want to put in a bigger system. Now, if you're not space constrained, if you have a, a big residential roof, if you have a, a ranch house and you've got plenty of space or you don't have an enormous electric bill, then I would suggest just getting you know the least expensive panels. If you're worried about aesthetics, you get black on black panels, panels with black frames and plant panels that are all black on the front. That'll look really, really good. But there's no sense in, in paying extra for higher efficiency panels if you really don't need them. 
So your installer should be able to kind of step you the alternatives. And what we offer at Cinnamon Solar is we kind of give people a choice. You know, you want some some more cost-effective, less efficient panels, or do you want some higher efficiency panels? Now, with solar, you pay more for the higher efficiency panels. It's just like a car. If you, you could get a car, you can get a car with a V6 engine or a four-cylinder or an eight-cylinder, you're going to pay more for the bigger engine or the, the higher horsepower engine. Just like solar, you pay more for higher output panels. Now, here's some things that don't really matter when you figure out how many panels you need to zero out your electric bill. It's just like, don't worry about these things yet. It's going to have an impact on the cost, but don't worry about them yet. Financing. So financing is really, really comes in if you want to spread the payments out over, over many years, but it's not going to have an impact on how many panels you need. Electric rate escalation. Sometimes the analysis that's done by the installer assumes that electricity rates are going to continue to go up. Now, this is just an economic thing. It's going to have an impact on your savings. The more the electric rates go up, actually, the more you're going to save because with solar, you lock in low electric rates. Now, another escalation that you have to be watching out for, and this is for some loans, most lease deals, and most PPA or power purchase agreements, is the payment escalation. So a lot of times when you buy solar on a payment plan, the payments aren't fixed. The payments go up. Um, You know, some companies raise the payments every single year by 2.9%. Now, that, that doesn't sound like a lot at the beginning, but when you, you do this over 20 years, it actually really cranks the payments up a lot in the future. So once again, it's just an economic issue. Another thing that doesn't really matter as far as how many panels you need is the manufacturer of the panel or the manufacturer of the inverter or the technology. It doesn't really matter. Just make sure you're getting the number of watts you need. That's going to translate into the number of kilowatt hours it's going to generate, and that's going to help you zero out your bill. Another bit of data that, that people dangle out there is the degradation rate. There's really no third-party reliable data on the degradation rate. All the panels that I've seen over the years are pretty good. Now, here's some of the things that are going to matter as far as how big a system you're going to put in. What's your future usage going to be? Are you planning on buying an electric vehicle? Well, if so, you might want to bump up the size of the system. Are you going to put in a swimming pool or air conditioning? You're going to need a bigger system. If you, if you change to a special electric rate, a time-of-use rate, or an electric vehicle rate, or a solar rate, that's going to change your needs, and your installer should be able to kind of help you work through the details on that. Now, in terms of what you need and the output of the system, I just you know, kind of a heads up, it's easy for the salesperson to kind of fudge the results. The salesperson could underestimate the shading, underestimate the dirtiness or the soiling of the panels. They can assume that they never get dirty. They can underestimate the orientation factors. I see customers come back and say, gee, I didn't save as much as I wanted. Well, the reason is that the salesperson was perhaps a little bit over-optimistic. Now, also what happens sometimes is they overestimate how many panels fit on your roof. The salesperson may say, we can fit 30 panels on your roof. But when the engineering comes back, they say, gee, it really only fits 24 because you have vent pipes and setback issues, etc." So an experienced company that's been doing this for a while is going to minimize that. It doesn't completely eliminate it, but they're going to minimize it. The last thing to worry about is, Keep in mind, salespeople, solar salespeople are usually compensated on a commission basis or are compensated on the number of panels that they sell. So they're going to stuff the roof. They're going to try and get as much commission as they can from you. So just be sensitive about that. Some companies, and this is what we do at Cinnamon Solar, we have salespeople on a flat rate compensation plan. So it's better for the customer. It really aligns the interests. Our salespeople want to make sure that you're happy. If they put in a slightly bigger system, they don't get any more money. They, they just want to make sure you have a system that's the right size. And a lot of other solar companies take that long-term approach. So closing advice, see how many panels you need based on your total electric bill 
and then get a few quotes from installers to see how many panels they recommend and the type of the panels. Then you can kind of evaluate the different panel manufacturers, but you know what? It doesn't really matter. And I can't remember a single customer who was ever unhappy with the solar panels that they bought. Now, sometimes customers want to expand the system in the future. That's pretty easy to do if you have the right design. And then the most important thing, find an installer you trust based on references. Find a company that's been in business for a long time because they're going to have a lot of, um, they're going to have, they would have learned how to run their business in a way that generates lots of referrals. And that's the most efficient way to do it. And I'd also say pick the installer with the most conservative estimates, the ones that are going to show you that you're going to save the least because they're going to probably be the most honest.